Welcome to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. When something positive or negative changes in our lives, we are basically at a fork in the road. Where does the next step take us? What do we do as reactions to something that has already happened? How do we prevent the negative aspects from happening again? Whether in business or personal parts of your life, you can get back on track. We'll talk about it today. Now, here is your host, Frank Zakari. Good morning. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Tuesday. My name is Frank Zakari, and you're listening to Life-Altering Events on Voice America Empowerment Network. Now, since we started this show, people ask me, Frank, what exactly is a life-altering event? And what I tell them is, a life-altering event is something we either choose or something that's been thrust upon us. Now, every day... Everyone has those aha moments or events that changes your life for better or for worse. These life-altering events occur in every aspect of our professional and personal life and in the lives of our family. Now try as we may, it's impossible to completely separate the events from our personal life and our professional life. Believe me, I tried it for many, many years and I failed miserably. What life-altering events presents us with, however, is an opportunity to seize the moment and make a difference in our own lives and in the lives of our loved ones. It is also a fork in the road where we have a choice. Now, we can choose to fall apart, or we can choose to find the courage to pick up the pieces, deal with our grief, and start moving forward toward better times and better people. Always remember this, it is never too late to have the life that you want and you deserve. As you listen to this show over the coming weeks and months and hopefully years, I urge you to think about participating in an upcoming show. If you have a life-altering event that could inspire others, visit the life-altering event page on voiceamerica.com and send me an email, it says contact the host, send me an email, or go to my website, frankzakari.com, and tell us about your, the event that, dressed, that altered your life so drastically, how you addressed it, where your life is now following this incident, and what you learned. We'll review the content, and if it fits well into the program, we'll contact you about using it in a future broadcast. I look forward to hearing about your life-altering events and how you overcame them. Let's talk about it. Well, today's show is very interesting. We're going to be talking about life derailed. Now, what's that mean, life derailed? What I'm guessing is at least half of the people listening here have dealt with one or two major derailments in the last several years. First one is divorce. And the second one is recovering from the financial challenges and crises that we've faced over the last two major recessions, the housing meltdown, and all the interesting things that have happened financially in the world. We're going to touch on, we'll try to touch on both of these. We may only have time for one, and if we do, we'll come back and pick it up again. Regarding divorce, the story is too familiar. You're involved in a long-term relationship or in a marriage, and it usually starts off wonderful. You're full of joy, you're excited, you're gonna pursue your hopes and your dreams. You're ready to take on the world, 
together. And that's the magic thing. You're ready to do this together. Then life happens. We have stress at work. There's money issues. We have children's needs. Losing a job, as many of us did in the last recession. Issues with in-laws, health concerns. The list goes on and on and on. Then the joy starts to fade. You look at it and say, or either you or your significant other look at it and say, well, we didn't sign up for this. You stop communicating with each other. I mean really communicating and connecting, not just talking at each other. The relationship in your life basically becomes a grind. You start going through the motions. You start to think, there's got to be a better way. Chances are your partner at this point in time is feeling the same way. One of you finds a kindred spirit, a friend, an associate, someone at work, someone you can share and your frustrations with. You tell yourself, there's nothing serious, we're just talking. You try to kid yourself that that's the case. The more you talk and you share with this kindred spirit, the less you share with your partner. Sooner or later, someone crosses the line. You try to reconcile, hoping to make things better, but they're about to become worse, much worse. Far too often there's heartbreak, there's separation, there's betrayal, and then there's divorce. Since my book, When the Wife Cheats, was released, I have spoken to dozens of men and women whose resolution is simply to move on from this betrayal. This is not so easy. Betrayal comes in many, many different forms. Now, we've all been betrayed by a friend or a coworker or a trusted employee. Now, all these betrayals hurt, but we're able to move on fairly quickly. However, it's not so easy when the betrayal is your spouse or your life partner. I wish I had an answer. I don't. I can only share with you what has helped me. Grief is something you're going to have to deal with. You can try to put it off, but it isn't going to work. I know I tried that. When my wife left and I had custody of my two young daughters, it was a situation where I don't have time for grief. I have to, I have to take care of these two little girls. This is my responsibility and this is what I have to take care of. So you try to deny it and it's going to happen. There's going to be shock and then denial and then anger. And then you're going to try to bargain. And then there's guilt and depression. And finally, you get to acceptance. Now, the interesting thing is grief does not go in order. You're going to bounce back and forth. You think you're past the denial and you think you're past the anger and you're all the way to bargaining and then all of a sudden something happens and you're back to anger again. It doesn't go in a smooth or steady pattern. It just doesn't. My guest today, who is on the way, she's in, we're in Phoenix, Arizona, and we're having a little trouble with traffic here today, uh, so she'll be here shortly. But let me tell you a little bit about her. My guest is a remarkably woman 
Her name is Leticia Morissette Harper, and this is a truly inspirational individual. She has dealt with a number of events that would not only derail most people, but would make the vast majority of us simply give up. Natasha has been 19 years in combined experience in, in the uh, real estate industry. She's been a loan originator, a mortgage broker, an underwriter, a realtor, finance, mortgage educator, and she does training for the Arizona Board of Realty. As a leader in the industry and a mentor to many, she's looking to embrace or enhance, embrace, enhance the lives and financial positions of millions of people around the world nationwide and nationwide. She's an educator. She is a serial entrepreneur. She is involved in several different businesses along with her real estate operation, helping people improve their credit, helping people be trained to, to move into the real estate industry, and is also a professional speaker. She has written a book which is called Life Derailed. And this is a divorce mom's survival guide. And this is an area of great passion for her. There is re 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 reliance and motivation and an inspiration for women, mainly women with children and those that are how they're impacted with divorce. Now having been in an abusive relationship, is a, the life or being in a life fault, try again Frank, being in an abusive relationship is a life-altering event. And divorce can be very terrifying and debilitating, which is even worse. She equips women to find their independence and strength, learning how to find their love and, uh, and voice and love themselves first. If you don't love yourself, no one else is going to love you either. She's had several setbacks in her life, which she's had to overcome, and is always transparent about her journey to hopefully help other women to heal faster and to own their own life. Now her book, Life Derailed, A Divorce Mom's Guide to Survival, is available on Amazon. You can purchase it today. If you have not gotten this book, please get it. I have read it, and her passion and common sense approach applies to both men and to women equally. Okay, This is something she and I have spoken about at great length, and one of the issues you see when you're going in, in the process of a divorce is, what do I do now? Who am I? What's my role? What's my identity? So many of us are tied up in, I'm someone's husband or someone's wife, and now you're not. In many cases, many times there's children involved. In my case, I was lucky. I had custody of my two children, so I didn't have to deal with a lot of the issues that many divorced parents have to go through, which is custody battles, sharing of children, co-parenting, moving back and forth between one weekend at one house, one weekend at another house, confusing your children. It's, it's, it's just a mess. It, it, it absolutely is a mess. And I don't wish it on uh, anyone ever. The other thing we're going to touch on here is divorce is a legal process. It was a legal commitment. Many of us just want it to be over quickly. Dealing with a divorce is 
in many cases will see, I just want this to be done. I don't want to go through any more of this. But the legal process adds the stress and the pain. The important thing is to get an attorney, not to screw over the other individual, but get an attorney and find out how you make this situation, resolution to the situation. The marriage has to be dissolved, it has to be dissolved legally, and then you have to have the ground rules laid out. It's like in the business world, you have contracts, not for when things go well, but you have contracts for when things don't go well. And that's what happens in a number of different marriages and when we have a divorce, when that situation arises. Right, there's always a case where we're going to see a series of anger that's going to be in place. One's going to feel betrayed, the other one's going to feel justified in their action, and they tend to go out of their way to justify their own position. And this is a problem, and this, is, this carries on and, and, and bleeds over into your work and into your, with your children and into other areas in, in your life. One of the things that I had found trying to go through this was uh, your friends. At the time of a divorce, the friends always seem to want to take sides. They're looking at, uh, well, gee, Frank, it's probably Frank's fault, I'm going to side with the wife. Or the other way around, well, she was out, whatever she was doing, well, I'm going to side with Frank here. And, it's, and everybody wants to know the story. And you don't, the last thing you want to do is to, is to continue to repeat and repeat and repeat the same story. We're going to take a short break here. Uh, Latasha is here. We're going to get her mic'd up, and then we'll continue with the show. We're going to take a little break. My name is Frank Sakari, and you are listening to Life Altering Events. what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. 
Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Life-Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or you can send an email to LifeAlteringEventsRadio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Well, we're back here in Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, Thank you for listening and staying with us. As we were mentioned, uh, my guest today is Latasha Morissette Harper, and we talked a little bit about her background. Her book, and this is something we're going to strongly suggest that both men and women go out and get, her book is called Life Derailed, A Divorce Mom Survival Guide, and it can be purchased on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, and several other retailers. Now, guys, don't look at the title and say, oh my God, this is a woman book. No, it's not. This is something that applies to both men and to women equally. I read the book. It was very profound, very easy read. And it's, not, it's not the size of War and Peace. You'll enjoy this. Now, Natasha is here in studio with us in Phoenix. First off, welcome. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for having me. Congratulations on the book, first thank you. off. What uh, what was the inspiration here to write a survival guide for divorced moms? My goodness, I think the the title itself really uh, should resonate with most people. It came from my own journey, and I just thought in my mind, if if I can help you know anybody get through this situation and help their children uh, to prosper as well, I would be it would be a gift. It would be a gift from me to them to not have to go through the same trials and tribulations that I did in this very same journey. So it was just truly from the heart. it's 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 something that it goes right to right to the the core of of being divorced and and the, the things that you're going to have to go through and think about, et cetera. Now, before you, the, uh, the break, we talked about grief, and I had mentioned that the grief process is something you, you're, you're not going to avoid, whether you want to or not. Exactly. You're not. Exactly. And you wrote a very nice piece in there about grieving. Would you elaborate on what you went through? Well, I want to say, I mean, everybody should know, and if they don't, because if you haven't been married, you probably don't understand that divorce is very similar to a death, because it's a death of a life that you knew, right, as a position that you were, and I think you mentioned it in the introduction, you are, who are you now? Are you no longer a husband, no longer a wife, you know, you no longer that stay-at-home mom, and grief, it really is a painful situation to kind of separate yourself from what you're accustomed to. It's a, it's a death in itself, and then you have to have a reawakening to who you are. In my personal journey, the grief was, it was just uh, something that was extremely turbulent. It was hurtful, because in my mind, in, in anyone's mind, you nobody walks down the aisle thinking, you know, I'm gonna get a divorce, this is never gonna work. Maybe some people do, but most of us don't. You know, we generally, we have children in, in right and good faith to grow a life with this partner. And then when that doesn't happen, you know, it's just a shaking moment. And that's, that's for both sides. It's difficult because it, it, it doesn't go in order. 
Did you find that? It doesn't. It doesn't. And the book kind of lists it in the typical order. But really, like you said, it doesn't go in order. And there's always triggers. And that's the thing that people miss, you know. You... Anything could happen to you in a day and it'll take you back to that sadness or to that grief or I don't know that you replay denial a lot because once you're past that, you're kind of kind of past that, it. That, that's kind of a given, right? <laughs> right, exactly. But there's a lot of anger and bargaining that goes back and forth. Absolutely, absolutely. It's wild. One of the statements that you wrote that I, that I absolutely love is stop saying you're okay. Mm. Now, we had on the show last week... Um, Mel Robbins, who wrote the book and is going to have a television show, the, the five-second rule. And one of the things she says all the time is, stop saying you're fine. Exactly. Okay. Tell us why this is so important if women going through a divorce. Well, I think for women, you know, a lot of times, because we're, we're true nurturers, and, and honestly, I, I just don't know how... Uh, we were made up as a whole because we kind of can take on so much that we're used to saying, I'm fine, I'm okay, don't worry about me. And therefore, never addressing the pains that we have. We're just constantly covering them up, right, with what the children need and what we need to cook for dinner and how we're going to pay the bills and et cetera, et cetera. And therefore, that's how we have that pain that just lingers for so long because we don't address it. Uh, we're constantly just saying we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. It's almost a, a defense mechanism, but it's okay not to be okay. I mean, you've just been through something pretty turbulent, right? Exactly. So if we don't accept that, that that becomes an issue all in itself, and it breeds a whole nother issue within yourself of, of pain and hurt. And at some point, that bandage has to be ripped off, and some point that comes out. And so the sooner you can say you're not okay... As soon as you can accept that as a person, the faster you can start the healing process. We mentioned again just before the break, um, friends tend to choose sides. Oh we, my goodness, we, do we, they? We, we've, been, we've been through. <laughs> we have both been through that one. And you had talked a great deal about limiting the scope of who you're going to tell this story to. Elaborate more on that. Okay. So, yeah, just a tidbit on the choosing sides. It's like it's a funny little joke, but oftentimes people will say, well, did you speak to such and such or have you seen it? Oh, no, my ex-husband got them in the divorce because <laughs> <laughs> because I don't see them anymore, you know. And, and it just happens naturally that um, the friends you had together, they kind of gravitate to one side or the other, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I tell people, you need to bring it in and hone it in, and your story is your story. And every time you have to tell the story, you have to, like, peel the Band-Aid off. It's like you get an hour, you put a Band-Aid over, like, okay, we're going to start the healing process. And then somebody's inquisitive, right? Mm -hmm. Why are they inquisitive? Are, is there, are they inquisitive because it's in your best interest? Or are they inquisitive because they think they can help you? Or are they just nosy? And I think that when you have your tribe, I call them my tribe, that you trust. the one. you, you got to have those core people that know what you went through. You don't have to even explain it. Like sometimes you could just pick up the phone and they can hear the tears streaming down your face, right? right they can hear absolutely. them and they know and they've been there. And those are the core people that should know your story. You should keep it down to that. Those people, those are the people that you speak to this about and you don't share it with everyone because it's not for everyone to, to know, right? Mm -hmm. And, it, and it, it kind of hinders your process as far as growth and healing. 
And when you hear uh, some of the nosy people, <laughs> and there's a bunch there's of them. so many, right? There's so <laughs> many. And they're not even friends. They're not even friends, exactly. They're people you, I wouldn't even call them acquaintances. They're people that you've met somewhere in your journey. Exactly, associates or, or what have you. Right, but everybody wants the story. And we spoke a while back, and you said you had a great line for that story that you give those people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very short. And I tell everybody to come up with their one-liner. So for me, when people are like, oh, my gosh, what happened? You guys were the perfect couple. What happened to you guys? What, ha- what went wrong? And, and my answer always now is it's just a series of unfortunate events. And that's the best way to put it. And that's it. I mean, they don't need anything more. I have to go back and detail it, and but you could have done have them pick apart something that you're living in your life. And I, I always use that analogy, like having a sore that you cover the Band-Aid. It's like picking at a scab, right? Mm-hmm. And so why would you even put yourself through that? It's not worth it. So you find your one-liner that's your truth, that's your truth, and you speak that, and you find power in speaking that. So that way you cut people off, you let them know. This is, you, know, you answer the question, but you answer it in a way that you're kind of telling them, it's really none of your business. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as nice as you possibly can. You know, can. as nice as you possibly can. That, 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 I love that story. It was something that I, I'd never really quite mastered that one right. for a long time. <laughs> well, it's hard. I mean, it takes you off guard, right? I mean, yeah. you could be in the grocery store. I, I was surprised at how people would come up to you and be like, oh, my gosh, I heard you were divorced. Oh, I heard, you know. Okay, what happened? Okay, I'm in the middle of the grocery store. I've got a crying kid in the cart, right? Yep. Come on, I got dinner to fix. You really want me to tell you what happened? I haven't seen you since when? Right. Right? High school? I mean, it, it's just, is it relevant? It's really not. So you just come up with those. And now you want to become my best friend. <laughs> it's wild. Right. One of the things that, uh, that I used to laugh about was people who don't have children are the best parents. You ask them, they'll give you parental advice on everything. Of course. And people who've never been divorced are experts on marriage. Exactly. They never get divorced. You hear that so much. Oh, when I get married, I'll never get divorced. Okay, well, you know what? Send me a postcard once you get married. Maybe two years in, five years in, seven years in. Let's have another talk about how you feel about divorce. Um, And you're right. I mean, you'll see the, the judgmental parent who's never had a kid and the child's having a tantrum and they're like, oh my gosh, their parenting is awful. And then they have a child, and they're like, oh, what was I ever thinking, right? <laughs> I don't control this. And, yeah, so you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Also, before, before the break, we touched a little bit about uh, the legal process. That divorce is it's legal. It's a legal entity. Right. There's exactly. a binding contract. It's registered, et cetera. And which I spoke about people just want it to be over. I don't want to deal with this. Just you go get the lawyer. Fill out the papers. I'll sign whatever it is you want signed. Exactly. Okay? Big mistake. Huge mistake. Big mistake. Share a little bit about that. Okay. So, you know, oftentimes people make decisions based on how they feel at the moment, right? But after that has passed, then, of course, things change. So it's better to get something in paper, on paper, in writing that you guys can agree upon. And if you can't agree upon it, then you got to have a third party, Right state what should be in the best interest of the child and of the situation, whether that be spousal support, child support, time with which parent, and et cetera. You need to get that concrete in writing because it always comes back to bite you if you don't, right? It always mm-hmm. comes. But you said you uh, 
oh, well, I said that in that moment. That moment has passed, right? And so it's the part that nobody wants to do, but it's it has to be done. And um, inevitably, you're going to have to go through it. So just signing blindly is really not the answer. Right, you got to find out what's justified, what's fair, um, what's going to do well moving forward. So you don't have to come back. I mean, most of the time, people can't sit across from each other and have an in- intellectual conversation after divorce. It takes a long time to get there, right? So how likely is it that we're going to sit across and say, "Hey, well, the kids need uniforms this month," and by the way, this happened in my life, so I had a flat tire, et cetera, et cetera. I'm going to need a little extra money, and then what are they going to say to you? Yeah, Good luck, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> It's right, over. It's, it's over, right? But you said you'd help when, oh, yeah, well, I don't have it. You yeah. know, that type of thing. Or, no, I don't want the kids this weekend. I'm going to X, Y, Z. So, you know, no, this is your weekend. You make accommodations. So those things need to be set up front. And I tell people, don't dodge it. It's painful, but just do it. One of the things you put in your book, I think I posted it on LinkedIn and Facebook, uh, a quote that you, you, you do that's it's just wonderful, is think first. Take one breath at a time. Right. Get through one minute at a time. How did that help you? Tremendously. And I had to learn that. You know, that's one of those things. It's like sometimes it just come rushing down. And I don't know if you've ever had anxiety, Frank, yes. in your time, mm-hmm. right? So anybody that's ever had an anxiety attack knows it just feels like a heart attack. It's, it's, it's a rushing. Your heart's racing. You can't catch your breath, et cetera. And so you have to learn to pace yourself and get clear so you can actually think rationally. And that, that by itself is a challenge. That becomes very difficult is so many of us type A type individuals, uh-huh. as you and I both are, <laughs> we look, okay, we're here today, in 10 years we're going to be here, uh-huh. and you think, here's all the things that have to occur, and we focus on all the individual steps it's going to take to get there instead of just breathe, uh-huh. okay, get through today. What we're doing right now. I was at a point where it was, okay, can I get through this hour? Exactly. Okay. I, exactly. I got, got through the hour, nothing horrible happened, everyone's still alive. Now, <laughs> can I get through Everybody's the morning? Everybody's and accounted for, right? <laughs> right? So, yeah, exactly. So it's one step at a time. I mean, we overwhelm ourselves with what we're going to do next. And realistically, you know, when we have that faith and we have to find that light and that presence where we can just know, we have a knowing that no matter where I am, it's always going to be working out for me. And once you find that peace you know, that anxiety eases up and you're able to get through each minute, each second, you know, each second, each minute, each hour, each day, and then it starts to ease up a little bit. Now, one of the things I've talked to after I wrote my book and talked to a number of, of people was I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm, I'm getting through this. I've, got, I've made it through a day, a week, a month. I've, right. I'm almost, maybe I can survive this. Then they get the call from the ex. <laughs> Oh, the call. The call. <laughs> the call. Yes. May, may, well, maybe we were a little a little rushed here, a little, a little hasty. You think we can pick up the pieces again? Right. What do, right. You, what do you say there? Caution. Proceed with caution. I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's great when people can um, mend the fences and come back together. But you also have to remember how we got here, right? We're still these two individuals that went into this with you know, faith and light and hope and love, and we still ended up here. So if there's not any um, change, real change, right, and real growth, it's not really change. I think it's more so growth is the better word. You have to be cautious. What is it? Why is it that you want to be back in the situation? Like what, 
what would be beneficial for the children, for you, because they're learning now that we're apart and this is how this works and you're going to lose back together to what? A year from now, be back in the same spot. So I just, I heed caution, you know, and at that point I would interject, you know, what what would you do to help you guys grow? If, if counseling, spiritual counseling, you professional counseling, whatever is what you need, I say you take that and you take that time and you own your time, mm-hmm. right? Because you got there some kind of way. So this phone call, I think we should get back together. And I think everybody's guilty of that. Oh my gosh, this is so hard. I should just go back. Right. Right. What is it? Is it because the bills aren't paid or because you haven't found somebody new that, you know, sparks the fire in you? You feel like you'll be alone forever. None of those things are true. <laughs> but but they feel true, right? I mean, did at, you at feel that time, at any time? You, absolutely. You you think now what? What's going to happen going forward? And I remember getting the call. <laughs> and it was said to take a very long pause. And you have to think again. What? Why? What, what's the issue here? Is it? And it's not working out with the new with the person? new one. Exactly. Exactly. You're finding out that uh, Light, grass is not <laughs> greener. <laughs> that it requires water. Yes. And there's <laughs> the effort that you didn't want to make in the marriage is now resurfacing in this other relationship. And, and it always does. And it does. And then familiarity, I'm more familiar with this. Mm-hmm. I think the old Italian thing was you're more comfortable with the devil you know than the devil you don't. Than the devil you don't. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's a terrible <laughs> thing to say. Right? But it's a true statement. Yeah, it is. Yes. It is. One of the things that, that I didn't have to deal with because I had custody of my children, but uh, most people have to deal with is, is uh, the custody issue. Yes, huge. And being a co-parent with uh, someone you really don't like. (laughs) (laughs) Go into that a little bit. Okay. Well, I mean, for me personally, it was definitely a transition. It was to the point where I was, okay, it's time for dad to pick you up and I take you to the door and don't pass the threshold because at this point, it's just a matter of kisses, hugs, love, enjoy your day. And I really try and press upon parents not to speak negatively about the other parent because the children are part of the parent. I mean, it it really does affect them adversely <clears throat> and you're doing more damage than good. I tell everyone that children grow up and they learn. They they learn themselves. They'll see They'll see and they'll understand as they get older. They don't need you to interject that the person was mean to you or wrong to you or, you know, did you harm or, you know, who they are as a person. Over time, that, that just surfaces on its own. And you can do more with your relationship with your children if you just keep that out of the conversation. And that's, you know, the best you can. Uh, uh, children are very resilient, but they also are very observant. Right. Observant. Even at, you know, my youngest, even at four, she would say things that I'd be like, wow, she picked she picked that up. You know what I mean? So, yeah, they don't need you to tell them that mom's a douchebag, dad's a douchebag. They don't need that. They, no. they know they'll start figuring out what what happened or, you know, whatever the case may be um, in time. And, and they're entitled to their own relationship with their other parent. And you have to let them have that. And that that's a that's an enormous challenge because there's so much pain going on and what money of money of us do is take our pain and put it over onto the other exactly. and you're the cause of projected. my pain projected that's mm-hmm. the term i couldn't come up with <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> and the uh 
and my I had two daughters, and and even though I had custody, they they could still sense a tension. Right. That was building when they would see their mother. There was there was there was stress and there was tension, mm-hmm. and I would take them and pick them up. Right. And there was stress and there was tension, at that point. Um, once you, we were talking about the children now. Let's, let's stay on that for a, a second. Okay. The. It's, it's got to be uh, a major challenge because they're with you for X number of days and then they go somewhere else and there's a new set of rules and new bedtimes and how did new you suggest people coping with that? Oh my goodness, it's, it's difficult. Um, to say the least, it's difficult. And, to, you know, it's this is what we have over here and this is the part where I encourage parents to speak to one another at least to get that on, okay, listen, bedtime's at 7.30, it should be at 7.30 there and 7.30 here. And, and if you can write that down and say, listen, this is when we do homework, They don't we don't watch TV, if you can at least get that much respect between the two of you to honor the child in that way, to find some balance in their life, I suggest that's what you do. Do it by email if you don't want to talk to them. I mean, I, I know there's there's been moments in my life where I'm like, oh, I just see it come up on the phone, and I'm like, I'm not, you know, I'm just not going to take that call because it would change my entire day. Um, but you want the best interest of the child, so you want to make sure they're getting what they need when they're there mm-hmm. and that they have that balance and expectation because you almost have to reprogram them anyways. Exactly. And, you know, when you get them back, you almost have to reprogram them and, and kind of try and talk to them without, you know, trying to dig up anything but trying to get them to open up again and process and by the time you get them comfortable they're back to the uh, you know and i'm sure there's challenges at the other home as well but yeah that's that's huge and i think that was the most saddening part for me is that i didn't want that you know i didn't have that growing up having to go from house to house thank god and Mm -hmm. and it just broke my heart to know how hard it has to be that i can't have the continuity of a regular family. I have to be split. You know, I have to share my day here and share share a week here and a week there, two days here, two days there. And I have to worry about what clothes I'm going to pack. And, you know, if I have all the things I want, you know, that keep me comfy and cozy at home and I have my favorite blanket and all those things are, that was so heartbreaking to me to know that, you know, we created this life together and now they have to be split. So, um, yeah, so being able to sit down and write a plan and agree to that plan and try to adhere to that at both homes often often helps tremendously. One of the things that, I, that I've heard a number of people tell me was one of the parents felt the other was being um, the Disneyland dad, oh, for a lack course. of a better. Yeah. <laughs> they come here and there are no rules. There are no and rules. And we're going to do whatever. And right. then they come back home and or to, the, to the, co- the primary parent and it's, well, the other one lets me do this, or I can do this over here. That's that's got to be a, a major challenge. And then you, you try to have a conversation with your spouse, and then there's another person many times on that side. Um, exactly. How did you deal with that? Oh my! How did you just deal with it? Some things you just have to deal with, and I I couldn't tell you blow by blow how I deal with certain things. Um, but I think being assertive in the fact that um, you are the mother or you are the father, and I take precedence of this new person, regardless, this is our child together. And I understand people like to build, uh, you know, a whole new family unit and et cetera, and that's great. But I always also remind people that if that relationship doesn't work out and they're gone, 
you still got the same core people, same exactly. mom, same dad. So you cannot build a whole relationship on the new step parent, girlfriend, boyfriend, etc. You need to honor who their parents are, unless, of course, you've got one that just disappears. I get that. Yes. Um, or that's abusive, sexually, mentally, emotionally abusive. Then, yes, we're, we're drawing lines here. I'm, I'm definitely not talking about, you know, in all circumstances. But when that other person is gone or relationships don't work out, as we all know, they don't work out all the time. You don't want the child to be like, okay. Now what? Now what? What do I do now? Right. Let's take a break right here. We'll continue with this. Absolutely. Uh, we're taking a short break. You're listening to Latasha Morissette Harper and her book, uh, Life Derailed, A Divorce Mom's Guide to Survival, I believe. Divorce Mom Survival Guide. Divorce Mom Survival Guide. <laughs> I didn't have it read in front of me. We'll be right That's back. Okay. Don't go away. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Book Frank Zakari as the motivational speaker at your next event. Frank is a dynamic, entertaining, and fascinating storyteller. Your organization will be entertained and will learn stories of success they can implement immediately. Email Frank today to secure him for your next event at lifealteringeventsradio at gmail.com or call 916-718-5517. Mention that you heard about it from the Life Altering Events radio program. You can also visit Frank's website for more information at frankzakari.com. Frank Zakari has written five books spanning a range of life-altering events and how to handle them. When the Wife Cheats is about a man with two young daughters handling the devastating loss of a cheating wife. Inside the Spaghetti Bowl is about how one family stays together through both good and bad. Five Years to Live follows a couple through life after a tragic accident, recovery, and prognosis. From the Ashes is a turnaround management success story about the University of Washington volleyball team. Find the books at Amazon in print, audio, and Kindle formats and at frankzakari.com. Multiple studies show us that the vast majority of people are disengaged at work. A Gallup report stated that two-thirds of American workers are unhappy and 15% actually hate their work. That means that 81% are not engaged to work for a common goal. Frank Zakari and his team have programs to help you change this dynamic and create a collaborative and high-performing organization. Visit frankzakari.com to set up an initial consultation today. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You are listening to Life Altering Events with Frank Zakari. To call into the program today with questions or comments, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. Or you can send an email to Life Altering Events Radio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. We have been talking with Latasha Morissette Harper. This has been a fascinating conversation with a remarkable woman who has been through so much in her life. We're focused right now on her book, Life Derailed, A Divorce Mom's Survival Guide, Correct. which you can get at Amazon or Barnes & Noble or any number of places. If you have not read this book, male or female, get it. You will not be sorry. 
the advice in there is applies to both parties. Now, as we left, we were talking about dealing with the children and the extra party that might be involved in the marriage and not exactly. be involved. Um, dating. Oh, boy. Dating. <laughs> <laughs> that was my feeling also. Oh, All boy. right. How and when does dating, did you, did you, do you suggest starting this again? Because it can be very traumatic for, for you, the divorced individual, and for your children. Yeah. I mean, it's turbulent. And, you know, everybody has different views on this. Myself, personally, I, you know, I wanted to get out into the world, make new friends, new associates, not necessarily looking for a new relationship, but looking for some level of connection outside of my children. And because then I, also I'm, I'm free every other weekend now, right? So what am I doing? <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so a lot of uh, associates that I know and friends that I have, they're, they're like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. I actually have free time, you know, but and not not condoning divorce, guys, <laughs> 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 to get your free time. But I think dating slowly. I mean, you, you're kind of like in that interview process. And, and I found dating to be something for myself. It wasn't for my kids. It was for me to enjoy time out and see some new things in the world and see how I was feeling and responding. And I know when I first got out there, I was so guarded. And I would tell people because oftentimes people want to rush you right in. You know, oh my goodness, you're an amazing woman. Or, and, you know, I would love to settle down with you, but you're just not ready. And I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready to be accountable. I didn't want to be in a new relationship. I didn't want my children to have to adhere to another relationship so quickly. So although I enjoy dating on my free time, I would keep that separate from my time with my children um, because I think it's important because kids get really confused. And and they're not understanding, okay, so who's this person? So I had really strict rules. And some people adhere to them and some don't. But if I did have someone that I was dating, if we were together and my children were present, say we went to a concert together, a park or something, there was no holding hands and no intimacy and no interaction to where they would see that if that's where we were. Um, only because I felt like it, it's a, in due time you want to introduce that. First, you want to see if there's a foundation to even bother introducing them, right? Because what do they say? It's like a 90-day trial period where people really show you who they are, right? It's like when I was a kid, they used to have that little puppet box where you wind it and wind it and wind it and wind it, and all of a sudden the, the Joker would come out. So you want to see the Joker for yourself first. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Make sure. And I want to see all different aspects I of this life. I want to see all different aspects of who you are because everybody's, you know, they bring their representative with them when they're dating, right? right. I mean, they everybody, everybody's guilty of you're in your, you're, you know, best posture, best clothes. You look, you know, phenomenal and you say the right things. Not until time passes on and familiarity sets in and people get comfortable does the mask come down or, or does the true sense. And you know, it's, it's just reality. So we don't want our children to be in the midst of that when they've got other things that they're dealing with. So, Exactly. It, it, I was, it felt the same. I didn't date anyone for several years mm -hmm. because I just wasn't going to introduce that into the, into the equation. What I always got a, uh, found amusing was um, people would invite me to things. And there was always someone. I got someone I want you they to want meet. They want you to meet, now, right. There's someone here I want you to see. <laughs> so we were at, at, a, at a barbecue one time, and I was, I was cooking. And some of the wives were talking to me, and they said, Frank, we got this, this perfect woman for you. And I remember saying, you know, no guy has ever come up to me and said, Frank, I got this great woman I want you to meet. <laughs> I said, what is it? He said, well, we want you to be happy. Uh, yeah. And I said, I am. 
and I, I think you're happy. right. And that's the thing. You are happy. You found happiness within yourself. And I think that's a lot of what people miss, that happy is not in a relationship. You know, happy is not being with someone else. Happy is you create your own happiness. You're responsible for your own happiness. And that's why when a lot of people are like, well, they, you know, they make me unhappy. No, they don't make you unhappy, right? So it's just a whole deeper thing. We would need a whole nother show about that. But it's a whole deeper thing to who makes you happy. Mm-hmm. You make yourself happy and you choose, you know, what's around you that, that brings and heightens that happiness. But, but yeah, I mean, I remember that. Oh, I got somebody for you. I want to introduce you to this person and, you know, Everybody wanted to, to meet you, but you're not ready. And I remember telling um, a suitor, very beautiful gentleman, that I'm just not there. I don't want to have to call you at night. I don't want to have to check in. I don't want to have to be obligated. I just didn't. I wasn't there. And I had to tell them, you know, you've got to get out of my way because all I can really see when I see when I saw new people or I was still projecting on them the pain and the and and whatever heartache I had gone through with the prior person, which is totally not fair to them. But I'm telling you with awareness. And even if you're not aware, if you rush right into another relationship immediately, you're going to bring all of that with you because you haven't processed it. Right. You haven't come to terms with it yourself. So, I mean, you know, it is what it is. But people want to hurry up and. And lock you down, you know, yes. and hurry up and put you in a new relationship. And it's like, ah, heed, warning, yeah, yeah, you know, no, down. thank you. Right. I'm not, I'm not good for anybody. That's what I used to tell. I'm not good for anybody right Not for long term because I had my own healing to do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It was, I, it, it was a, a very much a uh, introspective look. Okay. You know, what, what, what did I do? What, what do I need to work on? How can I feel comfortable with me again right and that was a big piece of in your book that you, you stress quite a bit is is love yourself and learn that first and then take that next step right and I, th- I still think that you know when you come out of a divorce that doesn't matter even if you initiate it there's some level of where you're looking at yourself and you're like what is wrong with me why was I being treated this way or why did they leave me or why did they speak to me like or why did they choose to do and there's some of that just trying to identify with what the heck happened here right like who am I and you can't control the other person so you don't you can't really be in their mind and know but you do take a lot of that on and I think a lot of people get into a, a depression um, you see a lot of that. I've I've had a lot of people that have gone through it. I, I think I journeyed with some some really good friends and say ten friends, and today I'd say six of them are divorced. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's kind of like that fifty fifty rule, right? Right, and that that that's true. But I don't know. You just have to. I don't know. It's it's a process. Yes. it's definitely and, a process. And give yourself the time. Give yourself the time. Honor yourself. Honor your great term. We're gonna pivot here because in addition to Having dealt with divorce, uh, Latasha's had a number of other challenging aspects that have hit her life. She was in real estate, and we all know about the financial meltdown. Right. We know about the housing meltdown. We know about the recession. We know about the 9-11. And it's been a turbulent uh, 20 years financially. And this this hit you extremely hard from our last conversation. Oh, my goodness. Hard is an understatement. You know, I always tell people and they they laugh at me, but I tell them I felt like I was naked in my own life, like I was stripped of everything 
from my home to my my cars to my marriage to my business like I was just standing in the middle of the street stark naked like I had no idea what was going on it's it's almost like being dropped off in the middle of the wilderness you know what I mean and and they're like okay find your way home and that's how it felt and so I had to rebuild myself and I had to find a way to never be back in that position again because when I went through all that all my eggs were in the real estate and mortgage basket Right. So when that meltdown came, now that's what? that. Now what? Right. And mm-hmm. here I am educated. You know, I did have my um, undergraduate in business management, but all my eggs were in that bag. I made excellent money, but I had no plan B. And so now and, and I don't know, you know, I know you follow me on Facebook. So a lot of times I tell people get a get, you need a plan B before you need it. Before you need it, get it before you need it, because the day they bring you the box and the pink slip is not the day you want to be scrambling for something else to do. Absolutely. One of the things I've, I've uh, interacting with, with her, with, with Latasha, has been the ability to find additional streams of revenue and put programs together. Share that with the listeners. Absolutely. So, so if I had what I have now, you know, today when, when all this happened to me, my life would, I would have, have fallen so far. I wouldn't have had to rediscover myself financially, credit-wise. My credit was shot. That's the other thing. You know, you don't have the car. You're, you're driving luxury cars and living in a beautiful home. And then you're driving. You're like, okay, what car am I going to drive? So I ended up driving my father's car. My father dropped off his 2005 Pontiac for me. And I'm like, okay, this is interesting. Different from a Lexus GS, right? A little bit. But I was so grateful for it. So that was kind of the lesson that. But at the end of the day, it was just like, if I would have had what I have now. So I'm a real estate professional. I enjoy real estate. But now I know how to diversify, right? And you have money and investments. And I'm also a network marketing professional, which builds residual income, which in the past, I probably would have been like, oh, no, thank you. That's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm not selling any creams, lotions, potions, etc." But I found something in the financial industry that helps people get through what I got through, which is in credit restoration, right? Financial education, teaching people about their net worth, about building, and also allowing them to do one thing one time and continue to get paid for it, which is residual income. So I always often joke, if I would have gotten paid for the rest of my life for every mortgage that I did when I was a mortgage broker, I'd be a billionaire right now. If I would have gotten paid for every real estate deal after it closed, for every year they stayed in the house. So when I accidentally fell into the network marketing field, because it honestly didn't even know what it was. And then I'm, oh, okay, I'm here. How does this work out? This is what I'm doing. <laughs> this is what I'm doing. But um, it's amazing. And and people shun it, but like Keller Williams is one of the big, they're, they're based on a network marketing platform. And I think there's another real estate company, maybe EXP, or I don't want to misquote because I'm, I'm not with either of them, not affiliated with them, but I do know that they have a similar platform um, of network marketing, whereas they're doing profit sharing and they're making money off of everybody they bring in. So the concept is not new. Um, so I urge people to get something that have multiple streams of income because if you have to be there to create the income, it's just a job. Exactly. It's a job. So exactly. you need to find something that's making money for you while you're doing something else. And that advice is, is outstanding. Warren Buffett talks about it all the exactly. time. All the time. All the time. And very few people. Robert Kiyosaki. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and so many people just don't. They, we just don't, they just don't do it. They, they keep blinders on. I've got this job, it's good, and, and then, oops, it's not oops. so good anymore. Exactly. It's good until it's not. <laughs> it's there until it's not. It's there, exactly. 
Well, we're just about out of time. So we got one minute left here. Uh, I understand you just celebrated a birthday at, at a resort. I did. I did. In, in Rocky Point, Mexico, which was phenomenal. I've never been. And um, I love getting close to water. So anytime I can be close to the ocean, it kind of recharges my soul. And um, my husband took me to this the resort, and, and he just hit the spot, you know, hit it right on the spot for, for what I needed. And I'm so grateful for that. So I had a beautiful birthday, and I'm gracious to be here. Year 44 for me. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> 44 looks good on me though. It used to be a time looks very good I was on you. I was scared of 40s, you know. I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm getting old." But now it I look at the mirror, I'm like, ah, "It's getting better." It gets better in your 60s too. Does it? All yes, right. I, can, I got something to look I can forward attest to. to that. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we're almost out of time. I want to thank my guest Latasha Morissette Harper. This this was one of the more inspiring shows that we've ever had to get into topics that many of us uh, have dealt with but don't want to talk about. Exactly. It which is a big problem. So, as we end every show, we always say, no matter what life throws your way, look up, get up, and never ever give up. Pick up the pieces and start moving forward. Better times and better people will come into your life. Amen. If you like more information about my guest today, send an email message to me at the Voice America Network, and we'll make sure we get it over to Latasha. Join us next week when we have another event of life-altering events. You can listen to this show uh, if you missed any of it, you can listen to it on, on uh, any one of a thousand de on demand or on my website, franksakari.com. Let me leave you with this. The key to walking on water is to know where the rocks are. Thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for tuning into Life-Altering Events. Be sure to join Frank Zakari again next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a life-changing week. The Good Kind.